all you have. You are now tuned in to Parker Swayze. So just sat back and ready to play. Let me take your thoughts far, far away. Now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. What's happening, my far, far away family? How's everyone doing today? I hope everyone is doing good. Nothing new to report out here on the Outer Rim. The Huts are scheming, Sith are plotting, same old thing. So we can get right to this amazing book. And when we left Bane in the last chapter, he had just got done dealing with Cortis. This is after returning from the Valley of the Dark Lords. So let's see what's going on with him now. Bane crawled back into bed after Cortis left. He thought about going to see Githany, but he was still exhausted. Tomorrow, he thought as he drifted off to sleep. Several hours later, he was again disturbed by a knock on his door. This time he felt more refreshed when he woke. He sat up quickly and lit a glow rod, casting the room in soft light. There were no windows in his chamber, but he guessed it must be close to midnight, well past curfew. He rose to his feet and went to greet his second uninvited visitor. This time he was not disappointed when he opened the door. Can I come in? Githany whispered. Bane stepped aside, catching the scent of her perfume as she brushed past him. As he silently closed the door behind her, she walked over to the bed and sat down on the edge. She patted the space beside her, and Bane dutifully sat down, turning slightly so he could look her in the eye. Why are you here? he asked. Why did you leave? she responded. It's, uh, it's hard to explain. You were right about what happened with Sirak. I should have finished him, but I didn't. I was foolish and weak. I didn't want to admit that to you. You left the academy so you wouldn't have to face me. The words sounded compassionate, as if she were seeking to understand him. But Bane could sense the contempt beneath them. No, he explained. I didn't leave because of you. I left because you were the only one who recognized my failing. Everyone else congratulated me for my great victory, Cassim, Cordis, everyone. They were blind to the true nature of the dark side, as blind as I had been, until you opened my eyes. I left because the Academy had nothing more to offer me. I went to the Valley of the Dark Lords, hoping to find the answers I couldn't find here. And you never thought to come tell me all this? Her voice had changed. The veil of false compassion was gone. Now she just sounded angry. Angry and hurt. Bane was relieved that she still felt strongly enough about him to reveal some genuine emotion. I should have come to you, he admitted. I acted rashly. I let my anger at Cordis drive me away. She nodded. Passion and reckless actions were something he knew Githany could relate to. I've answered your question. He said, Now you answer mine. Why are you here? She hesitated, her teeth biting down softly on her lower lip. Bane recognized the unconscious gesture. It meant she was lost in thought, trying to sort something out. Not here, she said at last, rising stiffly from the bed. I have something to show you. In the archives. Without looking back to see if he was following, she made her way from his room and into the dim hall beyond, moving quickly. Bane scrambled to his feet and trotted after her, breaking into a jog to keep up. She stared straight ahead, her boots making crisp snaps as they struck the stone floor with each brisk stride. The sharp sound echoed in the empty halls, but Githany appeared not to care. 
Ben could tell that something was bothering her, but he had no idea what it could be. At this point, Bane had fallen back asleep after his visit from court when there is another knock at his door, but this time, to his surprise, it is Giffany. She asks if she can come in. Bane moves to the side, allowing her to enter. She comes in and just sits on his bed. This girl just thinks she can do whatever she wants. Maybe Bane is right about teaming up with her. She is the epitome of the dark side, even in its purest and most seductive form. But let's see if Bane still feels that way after she takes him to be ambushed. Remember in the last chapter, she tells Sirak that she will bring Bane to the Archon, and I'm guessing that's why she is here in Bane's room. This is when Bane tries to explain why he left. He tells her he left because everyone at the Academy is blind to the true power of the dark side. He left because the Academy had nothing left to offer him. At this point, Giffany yells at him. She asks him why he didn't come and tell her. He tells her that his anger at court has directed his action. I don't think that that was a good enough answer for her because she tells him that she has something to tell him, but she has to do it in the archives. Then she runs out of his room and Bane quickly gains chase. They found the door to the archives open. Githany didn't seem surprised. She passed right through without slowing down. Bane paused for only an instant before following her. At the far side of the room, beyond the rows of shelves, she stopped and turned to face him. There was an expression he couldn't quite decipher on her haughty but beautiful features. He crossed to the middle of the room, then stopped short when she held up her hand, palm extended. Githany, he said perplexed. What's going His words were cut off by the hollow boom of the archive door slamming shut behind him. He whirled around to see Sirak, flanked by Yivra and Loke. The Zabrak's pale yellow lips were pulled back in a cruel smile so wide it gave him the appearance of a grinning skull. Bane couldn't help but notice the lightsaber handles dangling from the belts of all three. When Githany spoke from behind him, he had to resist the urge to turn and face her. It wouldn't be wise to expose us back to the Zabrak trio. Why did you follow me, Bane? She asked, her voice a mixture of anger, disgust, and regret. How could you be so stupid? Didn't you realize you were walking into a trap? Githany had betrayed him. The conversation in his room had been a test, one that he'd failed. He knew her well enough to expect something like this. He should have been wary of a trap. Instead, he'd been a blind and obedient fool. He knew he'd brought this on himself. Now, he had to discern a way out. Is this what you want, Githany? He asked, trying to stall for time. She wants what all Sith want. Sirak answered for her. Power. Victory. She knows to side with the strong. I'm stronger than he is, Bane told Githany. I proved that in the dueling ring. There's more to strength than physical prowess. Serac replied, igniting his lightsaber. It was the double-bladed variety. Bane's eyes were focused squarely on the bright red blade, but he heard the hiss as the other two Zabrak followed suit. Githany, however, still hadn't fired up her whip. Strength means more than just the ability to use the Force, Sira continued, starting to advance. It means intelligence, cunning, ruthlessness. You know how easily I defeated you in the ring, Bane said, finally speaking directly to Sirak, though his words were still meant for Githany. Are you so certain you can defeat me now? Fall against one, Bane, and you left your lightsaber back in your chambers. I like those odds. 
Bane laughed and turned his back on Sirak. The Zabrak was close enough to lunge in and kill him with one blow, but Bane was gambling he would hold back, wary of being lured into a trap. It was a dangerous gamble, but he wanted to be looking directly into Githany's eyes when he spoke what might be his last words. This fool actually believes you brought me here for his sake, he said to her. Behind him, he could sense Sirak's confusion and uncertainty. No attack came yet. Githany met his stare with a cold, unflinching gaze and didn't answer. But her teeth worried her lower lip. We both know why you brought me here, Githany, he said, speaking quickly. Sirak wouldn't wait for long. You don't want to side with Sirak. You've been plotting ways to get me to kill him ever since you first arrived. First off, the doors to the archive was wide open. Now, I don't remember any other part in the book that said that it had to be closed at all times. But for the author to point it out must mean that there was a problem with the door being open. Bane stopped at the door before entering. Telltale sign that something is wrong, but Bane still follows Giffen in. Like I said before, I don't know what is everyone's thing with this woman because they just all trust her way too much. Now, after Bane enters the door to the archives, the door slams behind him. Sarek and his pals are standing there. Then she has the nerve to ask Bane why he followed her. Uh, because you told him, you crazy girl? If I were Bane, I would have electrocuted all four of them right then. I would have lit them all up. Like the first time when he tore up the whole archive. Remember a few chapters back when Giffany taught him about force lightning? That's how I would have done it. Then Giffany has the audacity to call him stupid. Bane should have just smashed her against the wall with the force. I mean, use all that he had and just do as hard as he could. Even if the others would have killed him by him doing it, he still should have done it. But Bane knew it was his fault. Bane asked her if that's what she really wanted. Sarek answered for her by saying she wants what all Sith want, power. This is when Sarek and the other two ignite their weapon. But Giffany did not fire up her whip. Sarek starts to advance towards Bane, but Bane turns his back on him. Like I said, Bane ain't the smartest tool in the shed. You don't ever turn your back on your enemy. But he needs to be looking right at Giffany when he says what he needs to say. Enough, Sirak shouted. Bane threw himself forward, rolling out of the way at the last second as the double-bladed lightsaber sliced a deep furrow into the spot where he'd been standing. As he rolled to his feet, he saw Githany move. When she tossed his lightsaber to him, he was already extending his hand and using the force to guide the hilt into his grasp. The weapon flared to life, and he turned just in time to block Sirak's charge. Yivra and Loke were a few meters behind, rushing forward to join the fray. They counterattacked, slashing down at Sirak's legs. The Zabrak parried the blow, and their blades collided with a burning hum. On the edge of his awareness, Bane heard the sound of Githany's whip igniting. A quick flurry caused Sirak to retreat. Bane fainted, as if he was going to press forward, then took a step back, opening a full meter of space between them. It gave him just enough time to cast out his arm in the direction of the unsuspecting Yivra. Catching her up with the force, he hurled her against one of the nearby shelves hard enough to splinter the wood. She crumpled to the floor, dazed. Before she had a chance to rise, Githany lashed out with her whip and ended the Zabrak female's life. Bane barely had time to register her death before Loke was on him. The red-skinned Zabrak was overmatched, but his grief and rage empowered him, and he drove his much larger opponent back with a brutal series of desperate slashes and strikes. Staggering back, Bane was almost too distracted to see Sirak unleashing a bolt of crackling blue lightning at him. 
last second, he twisted and caught the potentially lethal blast with the blade of his lightsaber, absorbing its energy. The move had been one of instinct and last resort, and it had left him vulnerable to a single quick thrust from Loke. But Githany's whip was snapping and cracking at Loke's eyes and face, and his blade was busy frantically warding off the blows. Bane turned his attention back to Sirak, who hesitated. At that moment, there was a scream from Loke. He had misjudged the erratic path of Githany's energy whip and lost an eye. A second scream would have followed, but she gashed open his throat, the burning tip of her weapon searing his vocal cords, so he died in agonized silence. Outnumbered, Sirak extinguished his lightsaber, dropped it to the ground, and fell to his knees. Please, Bane, he begged, his voice cracking. I yield. You are a true Sith Lord. I know that now, Githany whispered. End it now, Bane. Bane advanced until he towered over his groveling foe. Suddenly, it wasn't just Sirak he saw before him. It was everyone he'd ever struck down. Every life he'd ever taken. Fohar the Makurth, the nameless Republic soldier he killed in Apatros. His father. He was responsible for their deaths. Even now, they weighed on him. Guilt over Fulharg's death had left him numb to the dark side for months. It had shackled him like iron. He didn't want to suffer through that again. Listen to me, Sirak pleaded. I'll serve you. I'll do anything you command. You can use me. I can help you. Please, Bane. Have mercy. Bane steeled himself. Those who ask for mercy, he answered coldly, are too weak to deserve it. His blade decapitated his helpless foe. The torso remained upright for a full second. The charred edges of the cauterized stump, where the head had once been attached, still smoking. Then it toppled forward. Staring down at it, Bane felt only one thing. Freedom. We love bringing you more Star Wars, and it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. And to express our appreciation, we will give you a shout out on our mid-series show that we do in the middle of every book. You will also be automatically entered in all future giveaways. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. The guilt, the shame, the weight of responsibility had all vanished in that single decisive act. He had opened himself to the dark side completely. It surged through him, filling him with confidence and power. Through power, I gain victory. Through victory, my chains are broken. He turned to see Githany smiling, her eyes filled with hunger. I, of all people, should have known better than to underestimate you, she said. You saw me take your lightsaber. That's why you followed me. No, Bane replied, still heady from the rush of killing his enemy. I didn't see anything. I was just guessing. For a brief moment, her expression darkened. Then she burst out with a laugh. You never cease to amaze me, Lord Bane. Don't call me that, he said. Why not? She asked. Cordis has given all the students the rank of Dark Lord of the Sith. 
Seeing him wince, she stepped forward and wrapped her arms around his neck, looking up into his face. Bane, she breathed. We're going to fight the Jedi. We're going to join Lord Khan's Brotherhood of Darkness. He reached up and grasped her delicate hands in his own massive ones, then gently unwound her arms from around his neck. Puzzled, she offered no resistance as he brought his hands together at his chest, her own clasped between them. How could he make her understand? He was of the dark side now. Sirak's execution had been the final step. He had crossed the threshold. There was no going back. He would never hesitate again, never doubt again. The transformation he had begun when he'd first come to the Academy was complete. He was Sith. Now, more than ever, he understood the failings of the Brotherhood. Khan is a fool, Githany, he said, staring intently into her eyes to read her expression. She recoiled slightly and tried to pull her hands away. He held them tight. You've never even met Lord Khan, she said defensively. I have. He's a great man, Bane. A man of vision. He's blind as an Orkelian cave slug, Bane insisted. The Brotherhood of Darkness, this academy, everything the Sith have become, is a monument to his ignorance. He clasped her hands even more tightly. Come with me. There is nothing left for us on Korriban and only death on Rusan. But I know somewhere else we can go. A place where the dark side is still strong. She squirmed her hands free and pulled away from him. Lord Khan has united the Sith in a single glorious cause. We can join them on Rusan. Then go! Bane spat. Join the others on Rusan. Be united with them in their defeat. He turned and stormed angrily away as she called out, Wait, Bane! Wait! If she had made any move to follow him, he might have. Sarek finally gets tired of all the talking and says enough. Then he takes a swing at Bane with his saber. Bane rolls out of the way at the last second. This is when Giffany throws his lightsaber to him. So Bane was right about Giffany bringing him there to kill Sarek, not the other way around. That would not have been a gamble that I would have took. I don't trust Giffany that much. I would have been like, nope, ain't gonna happen. But Bane barely beat Sarek in the ring last time. How is he supposed to beat him and the other two? This is when Giffany ignites her whip and joins in. Then Bane throws Yvra with a force. But before she could regain her composure, Giffany cuts her down with the slash of her whip. Loke, enraged with grief at the death of his sister, lashed out at Bane, driving him back. Then Sirak tries to sneak in with some force light, but Bane blocks it with his saber. Loke tries to get a hit on Bane while he is distracted, but Giffany comes to the rescue, hitting Loki in the eye with the whip. Then she killed him with the slash to the throat. Uh, I don't know why the hit to the eye didn't kill him, but whatever. At this point, Sirak gives up and starts to beg for his life. He even tells Bane that he will be a servant. Bane is having a slight problem, though. He is seeing everyone that he had ever killed. Then Sirak begs for mercy, and this is when Bane's life truly changes. He says those who ask for mercy are too weak to deserve it. Then he cuts Sirak's head off, and by doing so, he had become one with the dark side. He is actually a Sith now. So Giffany is standing there smiling at him, happy that he killed Sirak. 
She asked Bane if he knew that she had took his lightsaber from the room. He tells her he didn't know. He was just guessing that she did. Bane is the luckiest person ever. This guy keeps putting his life at risk for no reason. I don't know how he does it. But one of these times, it's not going to turn out the way he thinks. This is when she calls him Lord Bane. Then he tells her never to call him that. She goes on to tell them that they're all lords and they will be joining Lord Khan. They will get to fight the Jedi. Bane tells her that Lord Khan is a fool. This is when she starts to defend Khan. She says that Khan is a good man. Not the way that I would describe a Sith Lord. But that's just me. Bane tells her to go follow Khan to her death. Then he storms out the Archive. Bane kicked open the door to Cordis's chamber. It slammed against the wall with a crash that reverberated down the hall. The Academy's master had been awake and already dressed, meditating on the mat in the center of his room. Now he leapt to his feet, anger darkening his face. What is the meaning of this? Did you send Sirak to kill me? Bane blurted out. The time for subtlety was gone. What? I... Did something happen to Sirak? I killed him. Yivra and Loke, too. Their bodies are in the archives. The shock and horror of his reaction made it clear that Cordis had known nothing about the attack. You did this on the eve of our departure for Rusan? He asked, his voice rising shrilly. A few of the other masters had gathered in the corridor outside, drawn by Bane's loud arrival. A handful of the students as well. Bane didn't care. You can go to Rusan, Bane snapped. I will have nothing to do with the Brotherhood of Darkness. You are a student of this academy, Cordis reminded him. You will do as you are told. I am a Dark Lord of the Sith, Bane countered. I serve no one but myself. Glancing over Bane's shoulder at the gathering crowd of curious onlookers, Cordis dropped his voice to a threatening whisper. We leave for Rusan tomorrow, Lord Bane. You will be coming with us. This is not a matter for discussion. I am leaving tonight, Bane replied, lowering his voice to match and mock the tone of Cordis's own. And none of you here is strong enough to stop me. He turned his back on the head of the academy and walked slowly from the room. For a brief second, he felt the spurned master gathering the force, and Bane braced himself for a confrontation. But a second later, he felt the power fading away. At the threshold, he halted. When he spoke, he was addressing the assembled gawkers as much as Cordis. Someone here once told me the Darth title was no longer used because it promoted rivalry among the Sith. It gave the Jedi an easy target. It was easier to just abandon the custom. To have all the Sith Masters use the same title of Dark Lord. He raised his voice slightly, speaking loud enough for all to hear. But I know the truth, Cordis. I know why none of you claims that name for yourself. Fear. You're cowards. He half turned and looked back at Cordis. None of the Brotherhood is worthy of the Darth title. Least of all you. There was a gasp from the assemblage. Some of the students stepped back, expecting some type of reaction. Of course, there was none. Shaking his head in disgust, Bane left them there. As he passed the other masters, Kasim stepped in front of him, placing a hand on his chest. Don't go, the blade master said. Let's talk about this. If you just meet with Khan, you'll understand. That's all I ask, Bane. It's Darth Bane, 
he said, slapping the Twilix hand away and pushing past him. Nobody else tried to stop him as he made his way through the temple's halls. Nobody tried to follow him, or even called out as he mounted the stairs to the small landing pad on the roof. There was only a single ship at the starport, the Valson, a T-class long-range personal cruiser. The blade-shaped vessel was one of the finest in the Sith fleet, equipped with the latest and most advanced technology. It had arrived just the day before, a gift from Khan to Cordis, in recognition of his work with the apprentices at the Academy. Bane lowered the access hatch and climbed inside. During his stint in the military, he'd been given rudimentary training in the basics of piloting a standard hyperdrive vessel. Fortunately, the Valsen's controls matched all intergalactic standards of operation and were designed for ease of use. He sat himself down in the pilot's chair and fired up the thrusters, punching in the hyperspace coordinates of his destination even as he began the liftoff sequence. A moment later, the Valsen rose up from the landing pad surface, then shot off into the atmosphere, leaving Korriban and the Academy behind. After Bane storms out the archives, he goes to Cordis's room. Bane doesn't even knock at the door, he just kicks it open. Cordis is the weakest Sith Lord ever. Everyone just comes into his room unannounced and he never does anything. Bane asks him if he sent Sirak to kill him. Cordis is not concerned with the accusation, just asks if something is wrong with his prized pupil. This is when Bane tells Cordis that he killed Sirak. Then he also tells him that he killed Loke and Yira as well. Bane is taking all the credit even though Giffen he killed the other two. He tells Cordis their bodies are all in the archive. Cordis wasn't even surprised at his death. He was only worried about how many students he would have for Khan. By this time, some of the other masters had gathered in the hallway, plus some of the other students. Bane tells Cordis they can all go to Rusan, but he will have nothing to do with the Brotherhood of Darkness. Cordis tells him that he's a student of that academy and he will do what he tells him to do. Bane tells Cordis that he is a Dark Lord of Sith and he serves no one but himself. Cordis then tells him that they are all leaving for Rusan tomorrow and he is going. Bane tells Cordis that he is leaving tonight. Then he says there is no one strong enough to stop him. I would have to say Bane might be wrong in that statement. I think Kasim could beat him. This is when he tells Cordis that he knows why the Masters no longer use the Darth title. They are all cowards. Then he walks through the crowd. This is when Kasim stops him. Kasim asks him not to leave. They could talk about it. He pleads with Bane just to meet with Khan. Then he will understand everything. This is where Bane tells Kasim that his name is Darth Bane. This is when he steals Cordis' ship and flies away from Korriban. And that's where the chapter comes to an end. And I have to say it was a pretty good chapter. It had a little bit of everything in it. Some action, suspense, thrills, love, even a little comedy. At least I thought it was funny. I could imagine Cordis' face when Bane kicked open the door. That would have been a sight to see. Okay, let's get to some news and rumors. So what do we have on the chopping block for today? Okay, Disney reveals that Star Wars The Bad Batch will launch on May 4, 2021. The series follows an elite set of clones that were first introduced in the Clone Wars, and they are now trying to find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy. This all happens immediately after the Clone Wars. The members of the squad vary genetically from their clone brothers. Each of them possess an exceptional skill in which make them really effective soldiers. In the series, they will take on mercenary missions as they struggle to find a new purpose. The Bad Bass is produced by Dave Filoni, which is great. But I have one problem with Disney. I never heard anyone say they should make a series about these clones. Not one meme or discussion at all. Okay, maybe one or two memes, but not enough to tell Disney that we want a series about them. Why doesn't Disney ask the fans what they want to see, especially when it comes to Star Wars? Do a big poll and ask the fans what they want and let the majority win. If they ask a half a million people and 300,000 of them all say the same thing, make that or something close to it. Don't just assume you know what we want to see. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I can't wait to see all the Star Wars stuff that's coming out, especially after finishing The High Republic, Light of the Jedi. That's what they need to make a movie about, The High Republic era. That would be one of the best Star Wars movies ever. Okay, okay, enough with my ranting. Let's get to the quote for this week. And it comes to us from the legend himself, Bruce Lee. He said, use only which works and take it from any place you can find it. This doesn't only apply to the world of fighting. It applies to our everyday lives, especially the way the world is now, when you can learn almost anything on the internet. But what I'm trying to tell you, seek out the information you need to achieve your goals. Use all the resources at your disposal. There is nothing that can hold you back but laziness and procrastination. The resources are there. Utilize them. Okay, I think that's enough for today. We will continue on Chapter 21 next week. Hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Sway. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can find us and subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shit and is a production of Pick Film Media. This show was produced by Quentin McDaniel. Sound designed by Theodore Thompson. Research by Tammy Turner. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.